When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I want to be able to enjoy what I'm doing now, 10 years from now. You know, yeah. I want to be able to look back and be proud of it. I know these songs that I'm releasing, um, it's called Live from the Library. They're really raw, they're really like, they're not perfect, but that's the, the whole point of it, you know? Yeah. It's just so, I just don't want to lose part of myself again, yeah. you know? And this is who I am. I yeah. am an artist, and yeah. it's about embracing that. Every now and then we meet people who are different. Different in a way that you can say to yourself, I'm so happy that I had the chance to meet this person. Because, from a very selfish point of view, the time I spent with them made me feel good about myself and about those around me. Luke is one of those people. We met at one of our live podcasts where we were lucky enough to enjoy some of his music, but also the energy he creates when he plays. On a normal Monday evening, he had us all singing along to hooky songs that we had only just heard for the first time. That, in and of itself, is a skill and talent that not everyone can claim. In this conversation, we go into detail on the road he travelled to become the person he is today and how that journey translates into some of his amazing music. Luke will be playing the Workman's Club on the 24th of February. If you're looking for an evening of great music and good vibes, then I'll hopefully see you there. We talk about mental health quite a bit in this episode and I'll attach some links to some of the amazing organisations who provide mental health services for those who need it. Never be afraid to reach out. And now, here's my conversation with Luke. It's, yeah, it's, we're not going to solve it here no, tonight, <laughs> having a conversation yeah, about yeah. it. Um, we we met the other day um, on Monday, so we're now, just for anybody who's listening, um, it's Friday evening, um, and you've been kind enough to give us a little bit of your time on a Friday Friday yeah. evening, so I appreciate that. Um, we met on Monday, and 
you played a few songs for us at our live podcast. Yeah. And the song, I have to say, man, the songs were brilliant. First of all, that like, so three people from my household were uh, at the at the show on, what show, podcast, whatever you want to call it, on Monday. And we were all kind of humming that tune um, on the way home on the dart. <laughs> it's like, it, like, that's an achievement for, yeah. like, to just hear the song once. Yeah. Um, they're good songs. Thank you, man. How, how do they come about? What's the process that you go through writing all of these things? It's a, it's, it's a process in itself. It's a, it's a, it's a learning. I learn a lot about myself through my experiences and I, I translate them into my lyrics. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm very introspective, mm. you know? So a lot of the stuff that I write about is comes from my, from my own experiences, my own, yeah, my own way, like heartbreaks, you know, my own grief, my own depression and like anxiety and everything like that like you know it's it's a how do you yeah. like you say you you from your you learn about yourself how do you do that how do you um when you're looking introspectively what is the process that you go through is it just a matter of kind of sitting with yourself and um reflecting on things or like what what is that what does that look like for you yeah it's it's a lot of reflection it's a lot of like looking back on like things that haven't worked out or okay why was I feeling like this and how can I get out how can I get through it like a lot of that has happens and then music is my another way of processing it that's the reflection in itself you know so that's like yeah trans transferring the thoughts and the anxieties and everything into words and then singing that itself is the cathartic expression of it all like you know so it's yeah it's been mm. it's a it's a good thing and a bad thing in ways you know what i mean because like i i've talked about this often to people like we're on sometimes if we write a song about like say someone who's passed away or, or a relationship that broke down or something like that and we we perform it sometimes we're brought back to those feelings do you know what i mean i'm brought yeah. back to that that moment in time and sometimes it can be a good thing because it helps you remember yeah. a person but then sometimes it can be a bad thing so there's always a yin and a yang kind of yeah. thing you know what I mean I, I totally yeah um, before we go a little bit more into that sort of stuff yeah, yeah. Um, take me back to 15 year old Luke um, who were you back then and where were you I I think I could tell you. I'm joking. No, um, I was yeah. So I, I grew up in Tallis. So when I, at that time I was I was in Saint Mark's. I was studying. What probably would have been, I would have probably would have been a fifth year, but I spent a lot of my time trying to be somebody I wasn't. And I kind of talked about this on Emmett's podcast there. And yeah, I've spent a lot of time just I was hanging around the boys and drinking with the boys and never really fit in mm. into that crowd. Like you know, I remember one of my friends. Like I met him there sometime last year and he said to me like I said to him thanks for telling me this he says to me when I was 15 or 16 he says like you shouldn't be around us and it took me like another five years to realize that what he was talking about um wow yeah so it's just like and he meant that as a like you're too like nice and too kind to yeah he was to trying be, to help you he's trying to help me but I didn't realize it at the time I was like what are you talking about do you know what I mean mm. and then it was just like that was it you know so it was just 
Yeah, and I met him and he told me a story of where his life went. And he said, it was briefly, because we met briefly on the Lewis, like, you know, and it was just like, so I look back to when I was 15 as, like many like people who are 15, I didn't play music at the time. So like I had played music when I was from about eight till about 12 and then stopped playing for like, until I was 20. So in between that time, in between, between those like, what was it, eight year gap? Like that's, I was just kind of lost. I struggled in school because I was too, too, I was more concerned about fitting in with my other, my friends outside of school that I didn't fit in with the people in school, you know what I mean? So yeah. it was just, it was a weird, it was a weird time. Like it's probably the, my teenage years were the darkest times of my life, I probably, I think, you know, yeah. so much has happened to me in those times, like getting in trouble with, with uh, the guards and stuff like that. And, and just do like, just being silly, really. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? When I look back in it, but because I was just trying to find out who I was, like, and I, I think it kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier, I think, because of that happened and because so much happened when I was a teenager, I've learned that the importance of reflection and the importance of like analyzing why you do things and stuff like that. Yeah. And why, and obviously I may still make mistakes and everything, but yeah. like I still, I learned, I, I learned to learn from them, you know? So yeah, 15 year old Luke was a, was a, a confused person trying to find himself. But if you were kind of, Let's say if you had the opportunity to talk to fifteen-year-old Luke, um, is there anything you would have to to thank him for? Um, the first thing I'd do is give him a hug. Yeah, and then um, I'd say thanks for keeping staying, like staying where you are. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And keep like for remaining a kind soul regardless of anything that happened I think I think yeah. that's the biggest thing you know because like so much happened between the age of 15 and even 20 do you know what I mean so yeah. my life my life was yeah it was a it's a it was a dark time man to be honest yeah. really really dark time so, yeah, yeah. And how did you come out of that um I I stopped drinking, so I stopped drinking when I was twenty. Okay. So I I drank. I was never, and I will never say I'm an alcoholic or that I was an alcoholic because I think that takes away from actual alcoholics who have dependency on alcohol. And I was a somewhat, I'm so I was a binge drinker in a sense, like I used yeah. to, or I just didn't have a a hold of when to stop. So when I drank, I w would just drink until I was getting carried home or getting sick or till yeah. I blacked out. And yeah. stuff like that sort of like that was my biggest issue when i was growing up i drank to be one of the boys but i i drank to escape that as well yeah 100 yeah so that's when i stopped drinking i stopped drinking when i was 20 and then i sought help and mm. um, i'm 31 now so like that time there wasn't it really like like now social media and everything is there and you know more people are open about their mental health on, online but like we didn't have as much access to, to services back then as we do now, you know, and still now, as I, I think I said before, there's still a stigma about it, but it's not as big as it was back then. And, and there's a lot more understanding now. So that was what, when I saw, when I saw help, like I, I went to, I went to a doctor, I actually presented myself to A&E because I, I wanted to, I didn't want to be here anymore, you know? So mm. it was like one of them periods of times where I was just like, I need, I, I, my, my doctor sent me to the, to the, sorry, my, the hospital sent me back to my doctor. My doctor 
rang someone randomly and says, hey, I have a friend here who needs a job. I was like, I don't need a job. I need to stay alive. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it was just mad. Like, And then I got, I ended up referring myself to counselling. So I, 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 like, I was on medication for a bit as well, but I won't get into that. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I basically helped myself through 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 uh counseling and i got some great i've had i got counseling all the time i just finished up a few weeks ago as well just yeah i think it's something that we need a top up on well um some people do at least you know um i i, I would imagine that we all do yeah um, yeah i i would literally i'm gonna take that but i would say that as well i um but i don't obviously so it doesn't work for some for some people that's just which which i feel it's like uh or maybe they just haven't found the right counsellor. You know what I mean? Well, it obviously, I guess it yeah. depends on on what you're there for. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And every there's every case is different. Yeah. But like, if we're going back to the importance of self reflection, like you said. Yeah. yeah. Um. I'm not a musician. Yeah. I'm not an artist. Yeah. Um. You're creating something here, though. I, I am, but um, it, it's not. Ne- <sighs> I am now. I'm starting to see yeah. it right. Okay, so but yeah. let's say I've only started this really recently. So yeah, yeah I'm starting to see the benefits of it, which is which yeah. is cool. Um, I agree. Um, but let's say traditionally, I'm I'm not. Yeah. Uh, perhaps that like time with a, a counselor would be my my um, uh, self reflection time. Yeah. yeah. And especially if someone is there to hold you accountable. Yeah. Like oh yeah, you said three months ago. Yeah. They really you know don't like your job and you know you're saying that to me again now yeah. and it's still the source of your biggest stress is yeah. like and, and for someone there like to kind of be able to i'm just creating this in my head now i'm not yeah, saying yeah, this is happening someone, but, like counselors tell us basically they make us own our shit yeah so yeah it's how, someone that, that can it. be yeah. like you're yeah. held responsible for yeah. um and the other side of that is it's not obviously accessible to everybody all the time you know yeah. it's not yeah. It's not cheap. Like I did, I've said on this podcast before, I have a time where I went through uh, therapy or counselling, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And it was actually when I lived in Spain. Yeah. And yeah, it cost me 60 euros every time I went. This is it. Um, And I would have loved to do that for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's just say I, I didn't, or I'd, I'd gotten resolved a certain thing and then I felt... Yeah, I don't need to be. I I don't have the money to pay sixty euros basically yeah. every month. The thing is now, like, there's a lot of what I learned through. Like, I I I did a lot of work after after getting the help that I needed. I I started working for different organizations and raising money and awareness through music, and that's kind of what got got me onto the path of being a full time musician. You know, but uh, I learned all about these low cost services that do exist. But what happens is that they're not properly funded by the government, and I'm, I won't go down that road. Don't worry, mm-hmm. but. So there's not a lot of marketing or, or money put into that. But okay. they, they do, there is amazing services. What are the names of them? Um, there's one called Let's Get Talking. Um, there's one called uh, Shannon's Hope Line. Um, that's, in, that's based in Liberties. Uh, Let's Get Talking is in the south side of Dublin. Um, there's the Village Counselling Service in Talla. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's called St. Catherine's Service. Uh, St. Catherine's counselling service it's in the uh, the priory in Tallet as well so I know more so the south side ones as well but yeah. there are like if you if you look look online it, it's it, they are there 
Yeah. You know, um, I and I went through the village counselling service so many times. I went to Let's Get Talking as well. Yeah. And both the services have been really great for me. You know oh, what I mean? And they've been, it's, I've been so lucky. <laughs> so lucky. You know, I've been so, so lucky in, in, in that I've been able to talk to these services. Um, there's the Swan um, family uh, services in, in Fedeker and in Tala as well. It's just like that's they're the ones that I know. Okay. Um, and off, off by hand. I'll try and um, yeah. if I'll, when I'll, I'll get these links. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And put them in the description of so, the podcast, man. Yeah, exactly. So there's this these services that are there. So, uh, what I said earlier, like you know, um, for me it saved me. It saved my life. You know what I mean? I wouldn't not I would not be here if I didn't go to therapy. Mm. And I, I I believe that because it helped me through a lot of stuff and reflect and process everything that I went through when I was a teenager and stuff that I still like struggle with you know and yeah. it's, it's good as I said to top up on it mm. and if there is people out there that are saying like oh I didn't have a right counsellor keep trying until you find one you know yeah. and, and like I'm part of a, a group called Grow as well so I go to these meetings Grow meetings and it's just um, it's basically I won't I, I can't say about the people in the, in the thing but it's like 12 steps for your mental health and they have grow groups all over Dublin so you can find that out and uh, grow.ie okay and it's like you go in there and everyone just talks about how their week is being and you set tasks each week for like how like one task could be like I need to I want to go out for a walk mm. no I want to do some exercise I want to if you have an issue in work I want to talk to my boss about an issue I yeah. have like it could be anything whatever will get you through your week and whatever struggling you're struggling with at the time and it's a supportive community. It's beautiful. Now, I, st- I only started going to it in November, you know. So these things are, they really they really keep you above the line, you know. I think the importance yeah. of those communities is, yeah. I really hope that they, like, that sort of community gains, um, I don't want to use the word popularity, but becomes um, maybe more accessible and yeah. better known by the public in general. Yeah. Like, sometimes... I've, I don't know why, but I've been thinking this a lot recently. I think it's particularly because on my route to the supermarket, I, I walk through a church. Yeah. Um, I'm not particularly religious. Uh, I don't go to church, but I did as a kid. Like a lot of um, kids growing up, I was, mm-hmm. I was, you know, made go to church every week and stuff. Um, now, like 99% of the population, I don't. Um, or maybe 90%, whatever it is, majority of the Irish population don't do that. But... Um, sometimes I think like, you know, that was just a group. Like, take all everything else away from it, but the idea of a group of people, you know, and going to one place every week and agreeing that like, listen, I'm here for you if you need me. Um, also, we all agree that let's be nice people, right? Yeah. I'll be nice to you if you're nice to me, or vice versa. Um, and that sense of community. Um, I think it's very powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. and obviously that power was used and manipulated in terrible yeah. ways by the church and other you know yeah. organizations like that. But what you were saying about that type of grow community, it yeah. seems to be the essence of that. Yeah. W- without all of the other stuff in in between. Yeah. Sounds really cool. It is. And Fiona O'Loughlin, who's a poet and uh, an event organizer, she put it on. She put me onto them, and she. Also, when I was, I, I, I was just, I was in Germany just before the pandemic happened and I came back and I was just so out of sorts and I was really, really lost. And she also put me onto this book by Johan Harry 
and it's called Lost Connections. And I read that throughout, throughout COVID. I listened to it throughout COVID on Audible and he talks about the sense of community and about how important community is and everything. And he, um, it goes back to grow. It kind of, it all, it's like this full set. Someone actually referenced him in the grow group. You know what I mean? So it was just like, wow, it's, uh, I, I, I was, I'm very lucky to have a great group of people around me and I have a, have a great like community of grow people and like musicians, artists. And I think community in, in general is really great for your mental health yeah. because like, especially when you're an artist you know we, we we're vulnerable for a living do you know what I mean? yeah. That's, if you look if you put it that way like do you know what i mean we yeah we're we're vulnerable yeah do you know what i mean in every like we go up there and we're basically saying um look at me mm. you know you know acknowledge what i'm doing yeah you know and this is this is me you're basically naked do you know what i mean mm. so it's it's mad you know how much of um when you're writing a song how much are you thinking about the audience? Um, I don't think it comes into mind a lot of the time. Maybe afterwards when I'm doing the gigs and stuff like that. A lot of my songs are hooky. Like they're like I don't, mm. don't do that on purpose. It just kind of happens. Yeah. Like, and like you were talking about Stones. Like I wrote that 2015. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I didn't do that. I, I just sang it and... Eventually, I was like, okay, people could probably sing this along, sing along to this with me, and now it's become a thing, you know. So it's like, I think it, it's the after when you're planning for a gig, that's when it comes into mind. Or sometimes it just happens like randomly. Sometimes it happens randomly. I could be on stage, I could be on stage, and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll get them to sing, and yeah. that's it, you know. Sometimes people just sing automatically, do you know yeah. what I mean? And then you're like, okay, if you want to sing along, sing along, you know. Yeah. My gigs are are all about that, you know. Yeah. I've become known for like getting the audience to sing. I liked that the other know? night actually yeah. when you played for us. It was cool. Yeah. Um and it was nice to see how like yeah. everybody joined in as well. Yeah. It, was, it was a really nice moment, I have to say. But when it comes to write the songs, it it comes into mind when it comes to mind when I'm doing production though. That's the thing, because you wanna I want to at least um be able I, sometimes I don't want to be pigeonholed at the same time, but like sometimes I'd like to have a, a core sound and not be like doing like, you know, have an album or something with rap on it and then have an album with like heavy metal or rock or something. I want to have a sound that's like known as the Luke Clerk and sound. Yeah. So like, cause it's like, yeah. So maybe that's when it comes to mind and um, like the audience comes to mind. But when I'm writing this on, no, it's, it's more so just about the process of writing it and finishing it. And then whatever happens will happen, you know? I think that's good. Yeah. Um, I remember meeting a guy years ago and he was, um, what's the word? A sculptor who made lots and lots of money um, making random stuff for really rich people, right? Um, and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm not an artist anymore. Though. I've lost my, my love yeah. of the art because I'm, I have to make all of this stuff thinking of the person. Yeah. Thinking of, first of all, if somebody will buy it. Yeah. Um, so he said, it's not really for me true art anymore. Yeah. And that's kind of why I asked that question. Just like, yeah. and it's nice to hear that you are creating like true art, which yeah. comes from you. Yeah. Um, and that uh, appreciation of the audience is not secondary, but yeah. you, you understand that art has to be. Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong. I've gotten involved in like that process of like, I, 
production wise and stuff like that like where I've written songs and I've recorded when I've rec more so recorded I've written songs where me it's just me and the guitar like you know but um, I have in in times where I've like okay maybe if I try this pop route on, mm. on this song with this song could it could just be grand and just be it could be produced just me and the guitar and maybe strings or whatever but then I've been like actually no maybe I'll just go try a pop route and see what happens you know yeah and then you lose a part of yourself in that. And yeah. that's the truth. And like like the man that you met, it's like it had has happened to me. And I'm now in the middle of about to I'm about to release a live EP. I just recorded oh, brilliant. I recorded a live EP so I could um go back to the rawness and the purity of it all. Yeah. You know, and to, to back to my vulnerabilities, you know, and, and it's important for me to do that as an artist. And like I recorded with a guy called Robbie Raiden and me and Robbie, we sat in uh, North Clondalkin Library where I'm a, a musician in residence to do that because it's uh, I got so burnt out during COVID because of COVID, but because I was trying to release music that I didn't really believe in. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was You're just forcing it out. Yeah, I was just I'm going to push this out and then like and then get and I didn't really. I didn't really believe in it all, you know? And that was one, that was an EP that I did. And then I did another EP and I was more, I believe more in that. But then I listened back to it and I'm like, it's, 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 it's great. It's a great body of work and I'm really, really proud of it. But I look back on it and I was like, is this what I actually listened to though? Do you know mm. what I mean? Someone told me of this, this other singer songwriter going to a producer and the producer goes, what do you want your, um, what do you want your songs to sound like? And he was like, this person, that person. I was like, what kind of music? And he was like, what kind of music do you listen to? And he was like, well, this and that. And it was totally different. Really? So it made me, th it makes me think about that kind of thing, you know? You know, do I want my songs to sound really poppy and stuff like that if I don't listen to that kind of music? Mm. I want to be able to enjoy what I'm doing now, 10 years from now, you know? Yeah. I want to be able to look back and be proud of it. And now these songs that I'm releasing, um, it's called Live From The Library. They're really raw. They're really like, they're not perfect, but that's the, the whole point of it. You know, yeah. it's just so, I just don't want to lose part of myself again. Yeah. You know, and this is who I am. I yeah. am an artist and yeah. it's about embracing that. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. Who are your influences? Um, I I love, uh, I love Damien Rice and like Glenn Hansard and, and um, I love Damien Dempsey. They would be my top three artists in Ireland. Someone I was at a gig. I played a gig there a few uh, weeks ago, and and someone told me uh, I was like Damien Dempsey's posh Southside cousin. <laughs> so I don't know if that's true. That's a good compliment, and it's not really like do you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm not really. Um, the talent really came out of me there, didn't it? Really, the talent really came out. Um, but um, I have been to a few of his gigs before. Oh, and they are spectacular. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if that's who you're being compared to, yeah. then I would take it every day of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was mad, like it was mad. So it's, it's both a compliment and an insult at the same time. You know what I mean? But I loved it. I loved it. I was like, this is great. I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna put that in my press releases and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know. Any but, yeah. any particular reason why those three that you mentioned are Irish, um, um, or is it just? I've just seen I've seen them at different parts of my life. Um, uh, I saw Glenn Hansard for the first time when in, in, in twenty fourteen. I was in an alt rock kind of band at the time, and I saw him play live, and and he was doing like, 
like some frame songs but he was also doing like you know falling slowly and all his other his other songs from that first album and then and from once and i was like it made me just look at my band and i was like this is not what i want to do i want to just go solo and just do my own thing and, and find who i am yeah and it set me off uh, on a on a journey of discovery and of music and just everything like you know it changed everything for me and you know and then damien rice because of how fragile O was, it was yeah. just like that shows me that like you don't need all the glitz and the glamour, you know. And and then Damien Dempsey, um, someone showed me his music when I was probably in my early twenties, and at the time I didn't really it didn't really resonate with me. And then I went to Ballyfermot College, and I heard his name all the time. I heard his name all the time, and. I listened to him in my second year of Ballyfermot. I was in the rock school where he went to. And I was coming out of of uh, a near relationship, I'll say, a near relationship. And I was processing loads of stuff. I was involved in, like, Take Back the City and, and like, mad stuff. And I was just just a, a big hangover of emotions. Mm. And I jumped in to Damien Dempsey. It was like a cocktail of Damien Dempsey and Jeff Buckley. It, oh, was, wow. it was insane mm. at the time and it helped me through it, especially the song Negative Vibes. Yeah. Then I went to see Damo twice that Christmas. Yeah, I've, like, ne I've never been to see him at Christmas time, but it's apparently a thing now. He's the new Christy Moore. It's incredible. <laughs> it's like going to... I mean, we talked about mass earlier, but it's going to... It's like going to I a was spiritual gonna, yeah. experience, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. When you're singing that, uh, sing all your cares away. Oh, man, every, all everybody's singing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it. It feels good, I yeah. have to say. Um, yeah, for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, I'll try and include a link to these artists as yeah, well. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're giving me a lot of work to do after this uh, podcast now. <laughs> yeah, I'll, it's I'll, all good I'll though. I'll send you links. I don't mind doing it. No, 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 don't worry. Um, but yeah, it is cool. These, I, I kind of grew up with those guys as well. I, I guess we're a similar age. Yeah. Um, and they obviously were were, each of them is different, but were very popular in their own right yeah. in Ireland and internationally. Um, well, I'm not sure how, how popular Damien Dempsey is outside of Ireland, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, I know Damien Rice, like, obviously his success was astronomical. Yeah. Um, but amazing, amazing albums, even that one that you just mentioned there, Jeff Buckley. Um, yeah, Grace, yeah. Wow, yeah, incredible album. Yeah. A very, I remember the first time I listened to it, I didn't know if I liked it or not. Yeah. It takes a while to get into yeah, it, but yeah. it's, as you say, it's very raw. It's him and his guitar. Yeah. Um, yeah. And his voice was just insane. Yeah. I think you're probably thinking of Live at Sinead. Is that the live album you did? Jeff Buckley one? Yeah. I've never known yeah. of that one. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I only listened to it recently and I was like, he's still influencing me. Like, now they're the three, three Irish ar artists that I listen to, three, three Irish singer-songwriters. But, like, outside of that, it would be him. He'd be a big influence. And especially on this new, this EP, I listened to Live at Sinead and I recorded a song on uh, an electric guitar for the first time because he wow. records on an electric guitar yeah. and that brought out different nuances in my voice and, and different things, you know. Mm. So Speaking of your voice, when did you discover you could sing? Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> because playing the guitar is one yeah. thing, but actually, because you've got a great voice um, and obviously that's something that you can work on, but it's also yeah, maybe a gift or whatever. So when did you discover that you had that? Uh, when I was like, when I first started playing the guitar, my dad 
brought me, uh, I think it was meant to be for my sister. And then she didn't want to play, so I played. And then like he'd get me to, to practice every day and sing along the songs. And that's how I enjoyed songs better. It's just, I'm more, I'm a singer that plays guitar rather than a guitarist that can sing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I learned how to, I learned to, well, I learned the songs. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just doing that. I went to guitar lessons and I, I you know, I, I singing just came to me. But I used to ring, I used to go to me, even probably goes back further than then. Um, I used to go to my uncle and my auntie's house on the Saturday night. They lived in, in the north side. So I'd go, I'd venture from the south side to the north side, from Tala into like, North Strand and I'd sing for them randomly and like this like we used to watch Blind Date it was like Blind Date <laughs> then I'd sing <laughs> it was mad like yeah they were it was my great auntie and uncle it was me uh, me ma's uh, auntie and uncle yeah. and, um, so it, I used to, I think I used to sing to me sister's friends on the phone and all like I just used to love to sing it was just part of me you know and I wrote my first song when I was about eight or nine you know what I mean so wow. I, I sang in a talent show when I was like eleven I think, and then I stopped. You know what I mean. So, so it was it was a weird one. But singing has always been part of me. It's just it's who I am essentially. You know, it's a uh, yeah, and it's 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 been a journey. Like you know, from from when I went to counselling and and did all that kind of stuff, I I rediscovered music again, and and then it's been like I haven't been able, always been able to sing the way I sing now. It's I was like I think I was telling you the other night I was a cross between Liam Gallagher and James Blunt. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> At the time and I had the croakiness of Liam Gallagher and just trying to what was what was trying to be the swagger, but never. Um yeah. so I was like I just came I, I like went from singing in an old rock band um to going solo and then I went to went to college then after playing loads of gigs. I went back to college and I got loads of lessons like true group lessons and then individual lessons and then it's just it's been a process man mm. it's but been, you've still you've still yeah. got it yeah, yeah 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 but it's it's gone from strength to strength you know it's like i remember seeing gavin james in 2015 i think it was 2014 2015 and i seen him and also met ryan O'Shaughnessy. yeah um and i was in, i just had the sheer luck of being in the studio with him one night and he was he was recording with a friend of mine called Gav Doyle and um, I just I said to Gav I turned to Gav and I was like Gav I'm gonna sing like that falsetto I'm gonna sing I'm gonna do it He's like, he was like ah oh, yeah whatever you know <laughs> and I did it do you know what I mean and, and like now I know Ryan a bit now as well and, and like I, I, I think I said it to him I think I said it to him one night we did a, like a live thing and I was like like it's because of you yeah and because of Gavin James, like I do the falsetto that I do, and I've gotten to that point where I'm happy with it. You know what I mean? But I also want to be better. I'm always wanted to be better, like, you know, just to improve it. You know. How much of your life, down a like percentage scale, almost does music occupy? Oh, right now, seventy percent to eighty percent. I don't know because like. You know, I go out with a musician as well, so it's like it's all we talk about. Like it's 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 crazy, you know. So it's a, uh, it's it's something now. I've gone full time in the last, say, four or five months, and now and since the beginning of the year, it's been every single thing that I do is music, and I've trying I'm trying really right now to balance that out. You know, so yeah, you know, having the weekend off and not doing anything. You know, I'll go to a gig or whatever, but 
won't play. Yeah. Or I'll I'll make sure I'm off my laptop. <laughs> Cut off point is nine o'clock. You know what yeah. I mean? Or doing stuff like that. Or I've just had my set time now. I'm working out of the library, so I'm in the library Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I'm there for like four or five hours, like practicing or or um, recording or doing something like that, you know. But I have my cut-off points, you know. It's also good, I think, to have friends that aren't musicians. Mm. But most of my friends are musicians, so mm. it's like, it also, yeah, balances everything, I think. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, and again, you need those moments of reflection to make sure that you're not out of balance, I think. Yeah. Even and we spoke a little bit before about like a friend of yours who set up um who's yeah. an entrepreneur and set up their own business and how essentially that is quite similar really in, yeah. in fact it's yeah. it's the same as to what you're doing yeah because you're responsible for your time yeah. you're responsible for your end product yeah. um and that can be overwhelming at times I'm sure mm-hmm. um I know at least for me who's kind of like in something relative not not similar to what you do but also responsible for my own product yeah i have to have like for me i have a calendar yeah with different colors yeah. and each thing like i'll have four different categories and if one of them if there's too much of one color i know that it's out of balance if that makes sense so it mm-hmm. might be like you'll I'll give I'll, me ideas here mark <laughs> yeah. well this isn't my i've, I've learned this from other people yeah. But like you'll have your maybe your social, your downtime doesn't have to be social. It could be going for a walk or whatever. Yeah. Um, what you do for your work, uh, your, you know, relationships. Yeah. Um, and maybe your your mind and body. So like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, are you doing exercise? Are you, mm. you know, eating crap or are you going to the supermarket and buying, yeah. you know? So I, I make sure. And basically that's my way of kind of keeping myself in check and I know that if I don't do that yeah. it gets way out of balance and what happens is when you're doing those sort of things it's, everything seems fine right mm-hmm. and then you're like oh sure I don't need to do that this week yeah. and then it's you know, slowly like and then four or five months you're like in this kind of mini breakdown and you're like oh no I need to get all of those yeah. kind of yeah. what seem like silly meaningless things back on track yeah yeah, yeah. I'm interested to know like also you said you stopped drinking when you were 20. Yeah. Um, for a lot of people who listen to this podcast are not actually Irish and they're like, oh, you know, Ireland is a drinking culture and it is a massive drinking culture. Absolutely. Um, I did the whole dry January thing, felt amazing. Yeah. And from a very weak point of view, um, I would say that I would find it very difficult to stop drinking just because everything is almost revolves around yeah drinking and alcohol and um I'll, I'll be honest like at 10 o'clock if people are drunk and I'm not I feel like going home mm-hmm. and I you know so how, how do you deal with that I deal with it because I have to yeah it's 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 like otherwise I will fall into it I'd fall into a deep depression or something because I like my whole life revolves around being out late and going yeah. to sessions and being in pubs and going to gigs and being at gigs. Yeah. And I learned, I just learned that to, I learned to expose myself to it. You know what I mean? Like I rather than, I stopped smoking as well, which was a even bigger thing probably like, you know. Mm, definitely. So um, it's, uh, yeah, 
it's back to this this word process you know what i mean it was like i just made the choice just to go out and like i think now some people and I, it's been so long since i've drank alcohol so to me it's it it doesn't i don't want to do it but yeah a lot of people now drinking just zero zeros you know what yeah. i mean or like you know and like guinness and heineken and all that kind of stuff and then um and then I get by this now there's some nights where I'm just like I have to drink a Coke Zero or, or a Coke or a Red Bull to stay around and stay active because you know you're listening to the same stories yeah, over and yeah, over yeah, again yeah. <laughs> and then like listen people are, are vigilant towards me and, and they know sometimes they're then they're very overbearing whatever but like I, I, I just like I can never be annoyed with people like obviously there's some points where people can be whatever like uh, insulting or whatever but like i can never be annoyed at someone for being drunk because of the person that i was when i drank and that's how i look mm. at it you know what i mean i just i look at that you know I, I don't get annoyed at people or or um or just yeah i don't get pissed off with them or anything like you know i just understand i, I use empathy i think my biggest thing is empathy towards people when when i'm when i'm out drinking and stuff like that you know yeah or when when I'm out in, in pubs and they're drinking, you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, what's your favourite venue? First of all, to play in. Second yeah. of all, to to attend. Um, I think I have to say the Workman's Club. Yeah. Um, because I'm playing there. Um. No, I love I love the Workman's. It's just it's a great space. You know, it's like because. They're really supportive of. I think we're we're very lucky to have the likes of Wheelins as well, you know, because they they support all of them are just like pro artists, you know yeah. what I mean, and 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 they they give us that those spaces and those opportunities, like you know, um, to attend gigs. I love the international bar. It's just right. it's like yeah, it's just like I, it's where I met Emmett. It's where I met, um. It's where I met uh, most of my pe- like people, most yeah. of my tribe, you know. Yeah. And I think it's just uh, it's a safe space, you know. On a Monday night, Friday night, any like you know, it's you go in there and you it's like you're you could be really upset or a lot feel a bit lost, and you go in there and you're you're, you're more more than likely to find someone that you know or that's someone that will just welcome you into like a session or chat or whatever, like you know. It's it's just it's it's a community in itself. Um. So yeah, I and I love playing there as well. You know what I mean? It's 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 just a beautiful place. I I love it. Yeah, it's it's a second home to me. And I've been playing it for years. You know mm. what I mean? And regardless of, I always say this: regardless of wherever I play, how big a gig I'll play, I'll always go back. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Um, if I'm not wrong, is it the twenty fourth of February? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In the workmen's. In the workmen's. Yeah. Um. Can we buy tickets somewhere or are they at the door or uh, how does that work? Both. So it's they're cheaper on Eventbrite. Yeah. So it's like a tenner plus like booking fee and then on the door they're thirteen euro. Okay. Yeah. So if we if if someone's listening to this, they can go onto Eventbrite, search your name, yeah, and you'll pop up twenty fourth yeah. of February. Yeah, and in it's the, the live live at the live live from the library EP launch. That's what it's called. Um, I'll be there. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Like the three songs that we heard on Monday, really enjoyed. Um, I have to say I'm looking yeah. forward to having a bit of a sing-along on the 24th yeah. of February as well I'll warm you up don't worry yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always do it yeah uh, looking forward to it yeah. um, 
we're gonna hear from a song, a song from you. Um, yeah. I'll throw it on afterwards. Um, do you know what song you're gonna send on, or? I think it's gonna be um, mistakes. This is the song that that it's on electric guitar. Okay. And it's it's so fragile, like um, it's yeah, it's 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 really raw. It's really fragile. It's just it's me, you know, and it's about um. It's reflecting on that near relationship. I, I use those words mm. um, because I never knew really what it was. And uh, yeah, it was a, it's a song I wrote a long time ago and it just came back in the last few months because I picked up the electric that day. I was like, let's, I'm going to try this and see if it works. And it worked. And it's, it's raw, it's beautiful, it's honest, you know. And the recording, the guitar, everything, it's just... It's great. And Robbie um, just embraced my vulnerabilities, like, you know, and, and just coached me through it and uh, like, was there for me through that process. Like he was like a counsellor in the sense as well, like, you know, because there was some parts of me where I was recording the EP where I was just kind of like, I, part of me, I just didn't want to go on doing it, you know, it's mad. I, we recorded 10 songs. I only, only released five, you know, it's mad. But uh, yeah, that song is just, it's, it's, it's showing my voice in its most vulnerable form and uh, it hits some highs, very highs in, in my falsetto and stuff like that. Something that's a performance I'm really proud of, you know? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Luke, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Yeah. Boom. Done. <laughs> were fleeting and so were we life tried to defeat me but it didn't succeed and now that you're leaving I'm left here grieving the things we never Just another of my mistakes Then you're my favorite one Cause no other lover makes me feel this way So leave before I I'm hardly breathing Cause you are my breath in My lungs My holy place Now I'm done believing That you are my healing I'll go In search of my own just another of my mistakes Then you're my favorite one Just no other lover makes me feel this
this way So leave before I break I want no sympathy and mercy of the world to follow me I want no sympathy and mercy of the world to follow me If you're just another of my mistakes Then you're my favorite one Cause no other lover Makes me feel this way So leave before I break Leave before I break Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.